1: Terms and conditions
2: apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports.
4: products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features. Live Bet Options and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your moneyline, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show. At foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're
5: listening to Fox Sports Radio.
0: Oh, uh, happy Friday to you. Excited to be here. We've got Grand Slam tennis action going on during the show. You heard Brian Fenley, he'll give you the updates throughout so you won't miss anything from Djokovic Nadal. And you're not going to miss anything that happened last night in the NBA playoffs because Ryan Hollins and I have got you covered here on Fox Sports Radio as today's show is brought to you by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you were on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen report. Limitations apply. And Ryan Hollins, a win is a win, is a win, is a win. And the Milwaukee Bucks got back into their series with the Brooklyn Nets. It may not have been pretty, and everyone wants to look at the negative side of things for the Milwaukee Bucks, but they are back in the series, winning 86 to 83 last night in the Bruce City.
6: Yeah, they are, but uh, all wins aren't created equal. But we spoke about this yesterday, right? The toughest thing to do is to beat a team in an elimination game. You're going to get their A++ effort. Uh, I thought that Bud, we spoke about it yesterday, just getting Giannis in situations where he can be effective, rolling to the rim, getting downhill, not just putting the basketball in his hands. I think you're setting him up for failure. Obviously, you saw Giannis' struggles on the free throw line, uh, and the fact that the Bucks only won by three points in a game where they played their best of their best. I'm extremely concerned. I, 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 I was more impressed with Brooklyn yesterday. And I thought honestly there was a very friendly whistle uh f- for the Bucks even though we know that later in the playoffs you know the physicality amps up. <laughs> okay. Are you saying are you saying that the NBA
0: said this is one of our top 2 series going on right now? We need to continue this one a little bit longer. Is that is that what you are saying, Ryan Hollins, from what happened in last night's game three between Brooklyn and Milwaukee?
6: No, that that's not what I'm saying. But when you are the aggressor, PJ Tucker, who had the start, and you get physical, you know, I thought the referees let him play. And and it it ended up favoring Milwaukee on in on that last possession where Bruce Brown shoots a left-hand floater. You know, I I could have called you know five or six fouls in that possession alone, man. But ultimately, you know, one thing we'd always say in the locker room: we're going into big games. You know, the referees favor the the a team that's the aggressor, and uh it, and I thought that Milwaukee was that they gave themselves a puncher's chance to win the game because they're not they're not more skilled. They don't shoot the ball better. They don't execute better the ball better than the nets i mean heck you know the, the crazy part right I, am i wrong to say they don't defend better or is it just that you're trying to defend yeah. kevin durant that's a different type of defense
0: <laughs> yeah yeah durant that's i i felt all along in this series and even in their regular season matchups that durant is going to score Duran is going to be the guy that there's nothing you can do about his 35 that he puts up, or last night the 30 that that he put up on just 11 of 28 shooting. I do think some of that P.J. Tucker stuff – got to Durant. You even see them go head to head and yeah, Durant likes that and it's great that Durant's bodyguard can be on the sidelines and end up interfering in a melee and be termed as, and I'm using air quotes, NBA security, which is a whole other matter. But by, by the way, have have bodyguards always been on sidelines of NBA games is always. this something new or is this always okay
6: always always now now if a player like Shaq or someone like that it has or Chris Paul that has like their guy that's more so a personal decision but as far as having team security bodyguards as you call them they're, they're always there yeah and that's, they're and just smaller night. they're smaller than the players that's what's throwing you off because they're they're like they're just little guys with suits on
0: <laughs> that bodyguard looked like a pulling guard on a on a sweep to the outside in the national football league when he came charging in and then we find out that he's kevin durant's security detail or bodyguard and it adds a whole nother layer to it but i i, I think i look at what happened with the bucks and I give Brooklyn credit because what did we talk about all throughout the regular season when it came down to the postseason on what teams are going to have to do if they want to win? And that's just. It's simple enough play defense. It's why we gave the Lakers probably so much leeway despite how their regular season went and the injuries that they had to deal with because we thought that the Lakers were going to be the team that locks down on defense in the postseason. They're no longer in the postseason, but the Brooklyn Nets are, and Brooklyn has locked down on Milwaukee in three straight games. So I will tip my cap to Brooklyn, but the point about P.J. Tucker and what he did with Kevin Durant... Kevin Durant's always going to to get his points. But if you can do that on 11 of 28 shooting, that's a win for Milwaukee. If Joe Harris may not go one for 11 ever again in his entire career and one of seven from behind the arc, but that played a part in it last night. And I know everybody wants to rain on Milwaukee's parade and saying, man, you just barely win game three. What's going to happen when James Harden comes back? And what's going to happen when Kevin uh, Durant and... Joe Harris start knocking down some shots. And I'll just say, I don't know if that is all a given. I don't know if James Harden seamlessly moves back into the lineup. I don't know if Joe Harris continues to – hit shots or not hit shots like he missed last night. I don't know if Kevin Durant's got another 11 of 28. I think he probably does. I think if P.J. Tucker continues to do what he does, that's going to help Milwaukee along the way, and Milwaukee didn't help their cause either. I mean, they were carried by Giannis and Chris Middleton, yet all we're talking about today is Giannis missing free throws and Giannis taking threes, which, by the way, this was Giannis after last night's win.
6: Win. Win is a win, and uh, at the end of the day, as I said, last game, Lose by four, lose by one, it's still the same thing. You know, it's still the last. And uh, today we, we didn't score a lot. Uh, it didn't look as pretty, but at the end of the day, uh, we got a win. And, um, you know, that's why we came we showed up tonight.
0: I mean, Britain Forbes went 0 of 4. Like, there's there's enough for Milwaukee there to change as well that I think could do them well in Game Four. So I don't think it's the end all be all that they only won by three in a hard fought game that this season is over with. I think Milwaukee has a chance in Game Four, and and you take this game, and I don't see any reason why something similar couldn't carry over into a Game Four or a Game Five as the series will now. When at least your be star
6: all. player is airballing free throws in the playoffs and getting 10 second counts. You're not winning this series, bud. Uh, they, they don't. They don't have a chance. I hate to say they I, like. They, like they don't like. Clokey, like Kyrie, can go out hard and can switch back in and like tag team in. Like, hey, 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 hard is your turn. And they don't have a chance. Um, I th- I'm sorry, it, it, it's just not going to work out because it, it's a. It, do you know how hard it is to score the basketball in the playoffs when you not only cannot shoot but you're struggling from the free throw line? Because where do you want to put Giannis on the free throw line? You know, last night, Milwaukee shot 19% from three and 63% from the free throw line. And one of those free throws didn't even count.
0: Didn't even count. I know. I I, I know. Like, I get all that. I actually thought that the 10-second thing last night may have been a, another a blessing in disguise for him. Because when it happened in the Miami series, he seemed to get in more of a rhythm and, and you know, even even Charles Barkley and inside the NBA talked about this. It became more of an issue, and and I wonder if it just if it exited his mind because he thought the Miami series is over with, and Karam Butler wasn't on the bench doing the count, and the fans in Miami weren't doing the count. He thought, oh hey, I'm at home. You know, go back to the normal way of things. I actually think it could be a blessing in disguise for him. And and the crazy thing about it is, explain this He, one. he was great last night. Outside of launching threes, that's more of my issue with him. Is and he was questioned a couple of times about that on if it's the best decision. I'm more worried about him shooting one of eight, and I think that changes than him going four of nine from the free throw line. I like they like it's a wasted possession. You might as well cross home co- or half court and just throw the ball out of bounds if he's going to take a three because it takes him so long to load up and shoot that there is no offense that ends up being started from it. It's him at the top of the key and getting 10 feet because Claxton is just standing in the middle of the lane basically daring him to, to shoot the ball or Blake Griffin is doing the same thing waiting for him to to drive. That's where I think the Bucks have to change it up and he, he can't take eight threes anymore. But you know what? Go four of nine. If he gets to the line 15 times. I think I, I think in game four he, he ends up hitting 10 or 11 which helps them along the way. They, the Bucks were awful. You mentioned it. Six of 31 from three point land last night. Giannis missed seven of them but there are guys that are going to be hitting them. I mean, Brooke Lopez was one of five. He's at some point got to start to hit shots. I, I think that's going to happen for Milwaukee. So I just don't think it's i do not think it's do or die. I know it's an air ball, but uh, I think the 12 second, the 10 second thing, and we found out it was 13 seconds. I think it's a blessing in disguise for for Giannis to get more of a rhythm at the free throw line.
6: No, you got to be kidding me. I, I, listen, it's, 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 it's a culmination of everything. It all ties into one air balling from the free throw line, 10 second counts. You know, you, you, uh, he hasn't airballed from three yet, but he doesn't have the confidence. I like like that he inched in a little bit and shot some mid-range jumpers over Blake Griffin. That was the right call, but you know, when you're going against a team where you don't have the margin of error, when you're playing against Kyrie and Kevin Durant, arguably the greatest score that we have ever, ever seen play the game of basketball. You don't have the margin of error to work out the kinks and say, hey, man, you know, shoot this three. We'll see where... No, like, you've got to make every single point count. You literally have to. And we talked about the whistle. The Nets only shot eight free throws. That's not going to happen again, but I've just seen this dance before. I'm extremely concerned I don't buy into a win is a win is a win because Milwaukee is they are struggling, man, and just to manufacture points, it is too hard, and you're not going to get. You know, we saw down the stretch of the game that uh, Kevin Durant was heating up. I mean, PJ Tucker played about as fine a defense as they could, and you know, we got a question. The mental toughness of the Nets in that such scenario, and I believe they'll be better. Where they couldn't even get the ball to Kevin Durant. You know, hats off mm-hmm. to P.J. Tucker. We know the Fallon was there. It happens. It happens. It's part of playoff basketball. They couldn't even get him the ball, and nor to Kyrie Irving. And the question also was: I know Drew Holiday is arguably, you know, the the best or a top three defender at the point guard position, but he just eliminated Kyrie Irving. How much of an issue? Do you think that is, let me, let me, let me look what it Ky- Cause yeah. he, was ex- nine and Ky- he was nine at
0: 22. He was nine at 22 last night from the floor and had 22
6: points. Didn't even look like he wanted the ball at at certain times. That's an issue for me.
0: Yeah. And, and this happened in one of their regular season meetings. They played at the end of the year. They played a back to back. They like, played uh, because of the, the crazy NBA schedule, but there was in the first game of their back to back games, Kyrie was shut down by Drew Holiday. And, I, and I'll say this, I think when you look at the Bucks box score and the two names that you mentioned, P.J. Tucker and Drew Holiday, you're saying, where's the production? Uh, Drew Holiday only had nine points, but arguably had the biggest bucket because he had the go-ahead layup that put Milwaukee up uh, by 84-83 with under 12 seconds to go. He only had nine points mm-hmm. last night. P.J. Tucker had a goose egg. But would you say PJ Tucker played a bad game if Kevin Durant went 11 of 28 from the floor? Like I don't think. Like I think that the Bucks would trade that, and PJ Tucker is bound to hit a corner three at least some point in Game Four. So I think you're going to get that. I think the Bucks are saying, "Listen, all right, we had our guys lock him up. Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker can keep Kevin Durant and can keep Kyrie Irving just you know on their on their heels and making them feel uncomfortable." You can let Giannis and Chris Middleton maybe carry carry that scoring load like they did last night, 68 of their 86, and then hope that Brooke Lopez hits some shots. Maybe Bryn Forbes doesn't go over for 4. I think Milwaukee's fine with that, and I think that's how the series is going to play out. A series, by the way, Ryan, that I think is going to go at least six games.
6: Nah, I, I, I'm i sorry. I just don't see. I know you're trying to keep the fans optimistic. <laughs> you're trying to keep them in it. And you're right. You know, if you're holding the Brooklyn Nets to 83 points, that's that's an excellent job. But we spoke about this yesterday. I, I will give, if I'm going to give a letter grade, I'm going to give the Bucks a B. Not a B plus a B. I thought Giannis tried to play at the rim, even though he took some threes that we we all agree he shouldn't take. But the element missing for me, as we spoke yesterday, and shout out to the Mm -hmm. listeners who were hanging with us yesterday, Drew Holiday, you got to put the basketball in his hands. And he's got to get attempts at the rim. He's got to be in in pick-and-roll situations. I know Middleton's your guy. But let it be Middleton and Holiday and then feed Giannis in scenarios where he can be effective. You know, only getting 14 shots for Drew Holiday is enough. 14 shots, 5 assists. He's too good not to have the ball in his hands. I remember playing against a young Drew Holiday when he was in Philadelphia. I was in Boston. He dismantled this one game. I mean, he absolutely had a field day with us. And to me, he's a real X factor because, you know, where you're looking at PJ Tucker and I completely agree with you. Go P J had zero, but he just frustrated as best he could Kevin Durant, right? I'm yeah. looking at Drew Holiday and saying Drew has the ability, he's gonna have to be the guy to score twenty five plus points and take Kyrie Irving out of the basketball as he did. Kyrie Irving didn't even look like he wanted the basketball in those closing scenarios, seconds.
0: It was it was it was a crazy crazy game one where the bucks led by 20 in the first quarter and then have brooklyn uh, get within 3 at, at halftime it was a great great basketball game last night bucks survive and now make this a series one thing to note that that i think is is important at least when you look at what milwaukee's done offensively because they just don't seem like they have they have been the same team you know, they had a game with 29 assists in, against the Miami Heat. And obviously, when you score 86 points, you're not going to have tons of assists. But their ball movement was an issue last night. They just had 12 assists last night. They got to move the ball more.
5: It can't just be so much ISO. That's something the Bucks are going to have to change around. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
0: That it is. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Ryan Hollins, the 10-year NBA vet. We are sitting in for Doug today on this Friday, talking hoops and also talking some college football. That's where we go right now. Joining us, friend of the program, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Pat Forty joins us on this Friday to talk about the new, likely expanded college football playoff. Happy
8: Friday, Pat. How are you? Hey, doing well, guys. How are y'all?
0: Doing they uh, do, do, Yeah, doing good. When we've always had these conversations of college football expansion, it was expanding from four, and we're like, okay, six or eight or 16. How did 12 end up falling into the equation, and how does it end up winning out over the other options that we've seemingly always been talking about?
8: You know, I think it's maybe the path of least resistance um, satisfies the most constituents, so to speak. Uh, The problem with eight is that you would give, you know, six automatic bids, the five power conferences plus a group of five teams, and that would only leave two at-large bids. And the power conferences, basically the SEC, said that's not enough. We want, you know, that that limits our access. As it is now with four at-large bids, we could get two or three of those. If it's eight, I don't know, we take our chances. So they pushed for more. And I think that was well-received because it's just going to get more teams and more players involved. That um, You know, they they trotted out statistics that football, FBS football has the lowest postseason percentage participation rate of any sport. So how do they open it up? Well, play more games, have more teams. And I also think that the addition of campus sites, uh, is going to be a big selling point for this as well for those first round games.
6: Now, Pat, how does this affect the rest of college football? When I say the rest, there's certain big names. You know, uh, we, we, me and Dan went back and forth yesterday. Said, yeah, the Ohio States are going to be in it. Clemson's going to have a shot. At the Alabamas, but you know, uh, uh, us on the little old West Coast over here, we're we're struggling to have some representation in the national championship. Do you feel like this opens things up? to kind of spread the wealth we we, we beg for parity in the nba do are we going to get this in college football
8: yeah i think it does um you know i mean it may not spread the wealth as far as who wins the championship but it spreads the wealth as far as who gets a shot at it uh you know the pac-12 uh, that was one of larry scott's failings is he should have been for years banging on the table saying expand the playoff because the, the pac-12 needed expansion and now you expand this far no, i mean, they're almost assuredly going to get one and they'll have a good chance of getting two, uh, bids in some seasons. So, you know, I think it helps for them and it definitely, it helps that, you know, that second tier of teams in a lot of leagues, uh, you know, in the big 10, you're, you're probably you looking bids for sure. Most years, maybe three, the sec, uh, you know, the, the, the big 12, et cetera. I just think there's more more fan bases, Come November 1st, they're going to be saying, hey, we've got a chance to go to the playoff where, you know, in years past with the four-team deal, by November 1st, there's about six teams that still have a shot at it.
0: Pat Forty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Find him on Twitter at ByPat40. Now, I I probably came off yesterday like a negative Nelly. I've been a college (laughs) football fan all my life. Change is difficult, and this is also difficult for me. But one of the things that that I am am concerned about is the – and and we've had a good we've had a good turn towards scheduling tougher non conference opponents. Now with the field bigger, do you think that will make schools shy away from having those marquee matchups that we have become more accustomed to in September?
8: Yeah, I, I hope not. I mean I, I understand the concern is you know, you're you're telling people conference championship matters most, and so why try to do anything outside of that? And especially if you're if you're gonna go uh you know 8 and 1 in your conference why not try to win those other three games and be 11 and 1 if you don't win your championship game you're still going to have a chance to get in but i also think that strength of schedule will continue to matter you know i think teams scheduled that way in recent years because they realized that was the way it was going and i think that'll still be the case is if you want to get in you're going to need some quality wins so i'm hopeful that they're still going to schedule those games and play those games
6: hey pat from a recruiting aspect does this help or hurt the rest of the teams? You know, being able to say, hey, w- w- we had a shot to play in the, in the college playoff. And how was it prior? How big or little of a difference this is? I'm a- among the belief that this is huge just to, to rep- be represented. I know on the, the basketball side, I color, cover college basketball, just to, to say from a smaller school that you're a tournament team. You know, you change the, the, the entire environment re- recruiting-wise. How big is this for college football or little?
8: No, it's big. I think it's absolutely big. Is yes to be able to just to say that we are a playoff program? Yeah. That that's that's a really big deal. Uh, you know, yes, from a basketball standpoint, if you are uh I don't want to say Gonzaga cuz they're too big, but if you're St. Mary's College and you say, "Look, we've been to the tournament for the last 6 years or whatever yes. the number <laughs> may be." Well, same thing in football. You you say, "Hey, we well, we may have been the 12th seed, but we were there the last 2 years, come play for a playoff team. So, I think it's going to be a big selling point just for more schools to have that and to say that they were in the hunt. And, you know, to be sending out your blasts to the guys you're recruiting saying, hey, watch us play Sunday. We're number 10 in the rankings. We're in the playoff right now. Keep an eye on us. You know, that sort of thing. Just I think it really does give you uh, a greater – Uh, uh, selling point with the the recruits
0: Pat Forty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, it's the Doug Gottlieb Show, I'm Dan Beyer, he's Ryan Holland sitting in for uh, Doug, final one for you Pat it it involves Notre Dame because they wouldn't be able to get one of those first round buys because they aren't in a conference Are are they good with that? do you think there could be more of a move towards the ACC but how are the Fighting Irish now affected once this new model comes in?
8: That part really interests me. I, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, because they, for, for Notre Dame to just kind of basically willingly give up a top four spot and say, ah, well, you know, that's, that's, that's an, an acceptable uh, thing for us. I, that tells me that it makes me wonder if Jack Torberg, the athletic director, who was the head of the committee that came up with this thing, uh, is might just be wondering if he's sending a message to his school saying eh, maybe we should stay in the ACC full time. You know that, that it was good for them last year for multiple reasons. He might be of a mind that ACC membership might not be that bad a thing because the one year they go 12 and 0 and get a five seed and they you know they don't uh, get get one of those buys. I think you might be hearing from Notre Dame about that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the, that was the first thing that popped up when, when we kind of heard all of the things playing out. You're like, wait a sec, what about Notre Dame? And interesting to hear you say, so the ACC experiment last year, even in the COVID, had everything worked well for, for, for the Fighting Irish and everything that, that you understand?
8: Well, yeah. I mean, they, they would have had a horrible time putting together a schedule. It would have been like BYU's schedule. It was independent with sure. nobody to play. You're just trying to find games here and there. It gave them games. It gave them good games. It maintained their NBC uh, deal. And it got them into it. They won the league championship regular season, you know? And so then you've got that and you're playing in an ACC championship game that about 9 million people watched. So I I think it was a very good thing for Notre Dame. I know why they like their independence, and I'm sure there are people involved with the university that want to keep it. But being in that ACC for a year was not bad for them.
0: Yeah, got into a national semifinal as well. Pat, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Stay cool and uh yeah, as this story develops, I'm sure we'll be knocking on your door. Appreciate it.
8: Thanks, Pat. All right, thanks, guys.
0: Get Pat Forty on Twitter at by Forty, senior writer for SI.com, covering college football. I know I was a negative Nelly Ryan yesterday, <laughs> and and stepping back, there are some things that that uh-huh. kind of like open my eyes, and it's not that it's not that I'm all for it again, but I I can understand and see some things. Look, but I do think, oh, go, ahead. You, go no, ahead.
6: I would say I I I get it. Your team is good. They're in it. They have a shot. But it deprives everybody else. But if I'm you, I don't want to open it up. You, you know. Yeah. I understand. And it's guess what the 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 best thing for those power teams is. It's going to take a while to crack that recruiting. Like it's going to take a while for a head college coach, right, to step into a a young five star living room, five star kids living room, and say we can give you the best shot to go to the NFL as compared to. Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama, where their backups and third stringers are first rounders in certain situations, right? You see, it, it sure. is tough to sell that, but it you you make a little bit of a dent by making it.
0: You can make a uh, quite a, put a stamp on your program as well, and really the group of fives came out well, and a lot of the flack that I received on Twitter for my opinions. Came from fans of group of five schools, whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's UCF, whether it's, uh, you know, South Florida. All of those schools get a, a, uh, bit of a bump if you will because of the access that they're going to get to play uh, and their access to this bracket and possibility and the possibility of some really really key marquee matchups
5: be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific
9: guys I might as I send it back to you want to remind you that I happen to think that Reggie Jackson was a preeminent player in our little draft discussion yesterday. <laughs> he goes for 29 points. Take that, Dan Byer, Ryan Hollins. Oh, How about that, gosh. America?
0: You know, I, I kind of gave you the tip of the cap on Twitter last night, but <laughs> Fenley brushes it aside just so he can throw the dagger, the dagger to me. <laughs> You're pretty for, for, for us laughing at his Reggie Jackson. The, the question yesterday at game time, and we have game time coming up in about 10 minutes or so, was what player would you want to win one game for you that's still alive in the NBA playoffs? In the second-round pick, Brian took Reggie Jackson. I clowned him. Because you know, we didn't even draft Devin Booker in, a, in this draft. There were only 10 picks. Or
6: Donovan Mitchell, who closed but, out the, the yeah. Clippers yesterday.
0: Yeah, you got him with the last pick, and he goes off for, what, 35 last night or 37, whatever, whatever. It's one of those two. The point being is we laughed at Reggie Jackson, and, boy, the Clippers didn't win last night, but he did help them. Uh, pull even in the fourth quarter allowed them to take the lead and yeah was, was they have 29 last night for Reggie Jackson it's quite a yeah. quite a show and by the way I was going to give Brian Fenley props for the uh, Stefano Sitsipas pronunciation but I, I know since you tennis. tried to take since you tried to take that stab at me I'm not going to uh, give you kudos on the pronunciation of Stefano <laughs> Sitsipas
9: well you sort of did Dan just by saying that you weren't By me bringing it up. I
0: know, Brian. It's all good. It's all good. Thanks, man. Get Brian on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. I thought that was obvious. I thought I was giving him credit, but still playing the role of, you know what? Oh, well. Uh, Ryan Hollins, the Phoenix Suns are up two games to none on the uh, Denver Nuggets. And the Phoenix Suns are riding a wave of positivity. And tonight, they go into Denver. They face the Nuggets at 10 o'clock Eastern time. But a report surfaced within the last 24 to 48 hours about Suns point guard Chris Paul. And the report was that Paul is likely to decline his $44.2 million option next season as he looks for a new contract. Now, this was from Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report, friend of the network, comes on a lot to talk hoops, says that Paul's camp and Chris Paul, the point guard, could be looking for a deal worth around $100 million in a multi-year extension and if he doesn't get that, maybe he'd settle for a multi-year deal worth $60 million. But, I mean, should we begrudge Chris Paul? I, I think that the answer is no, but there seems to be so much goodwill going on with him and the sons and this marriage that they've had this season that a talk of a contract or him opting out almost seems to kind of sully this bit of a run that that they're having right now. Is that fair or unfair to look at it like that?
6: Nah, not, not at all. You know, I play with Chris Paul, and I play with guys going into contract years or have declined their options, and the, the whole, you know, idea behind the scene is go get your money, go get paid, get as much as you can. And for Chris Paul to decline that option at, at his age, you know, he knows something we don't know. Chris Paul knows something that we don't know. And he's playing at a high level. He's not playing the same minutes. He's not scoring the same points, but you cannot deny what his effect is worth. You know, to take a team to the second best from, from the outhouse to the penthouse, the second best team in the Western Conference right now, we'll, we'll give him an opportunity. But it's a fair statement, even though I'm not buying a, a championship for Phoenix, but they've got an opportunity. James Harden is out. LeBron is out. They put him out. And the Utah Jazz are playing extremely well. They're, the Utah Jazz are a good team. I don't fear them. Looking at, like they're a juggernaut, and they've got the Clippers now. 0 two, the Clippers are human. So I, as far as opting out, I mean, Dan, I don't have a big problem with it. If I was a guy who was a guy in the locker room with Chris Paul, I don't think it changes anything during the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that the I think that the
0: players understand. You're a former player, so you would understand a heck of a lot more than I ever will would. And But as a fan, as you, as you hear all this stuff, and yeah, if, if Chris Paul goes back to the Suns, and maybe this is part of a, of a, of a ploy just to get more money out of Phoenix on a longer-term deal, under, understood. But he's also made $295 million in his career for once, for the first time in what, how many years, Chris Paul is valued. I mean, when considering what went down in in Houston and how close that they were, we knew that they were great. But his contract became an albatross, and then he had to go to Oklahoma City, and you know they made a nice run with him for for what they had last season. But then he ends up getting dealt because OKC wants to go in a different direction, and now we're having a conversation about Chris Paul and why he isn't getting MVP consideration and how important he is. Like, there was a negative connotation to Chris Paul of him not getting it done. And just in in the first eight games of these playoffs, it seems like the narrative has shifted. And I just think as a fan, and if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, it's got to be a little bittersweet to know that, hey, this could be the run if Chris Paul wants to go and chase the dollars instead of chasing a ring.
6: Or how about you step up if you really want him and pay him and be mad at the Phoenix Suns. But, uh, Dan, uh, look at this. Imagine if, you know... In a dream scenario for myself, we have the Buyer and Holland show, right? Yeah. In sure. our <laughs> my dream they're, they're talking okay? about it. Yeah. My dream. And my our contracts don't align. And I decide to opt out at a year that you may be coming back to the show, but you know, my take on college football just went wild. Okay. Would you be mad at me for opting out of the buyer and holland show for my last year?
0: I would be so furious at you. You would be. You would have no idea, Ryan Hollins. Oh my, oh my God! I'd be like, "How could you do me like that?" No, I I would understand. Uh, you know, I'd try to understand. I, I would have to be honest. There probably would be a part of me that would be like, "You're leaving me, Ryan Hollins." Like there there would be something that would just kind of maybe stick in my craw. But I think that, I think it's different in that sort of thing because. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Devin Booker would be like, "All right, you're going to leave for more money somewhere else."
6: But it doesn't say he's leaving not, for know. more money. I think he puts the ball back in the hands of the Phoenix Suns and they got to ask themselves, "Is it worth paying Chris Paul? Do we want to do this with a 36-year-old point guard? Is this something that we want to do?" And if so, move forward. But, you know, th- the beauty of the NBA and professional sports that I was always learned and I always know And even in just business period, you just need one team. You don't need 10 jobs. You just need one. You need one suitor, one idiot to pay the money. And then you you make out. This is like deja vu all over again, right?
0: Because the Rockets, when when his contract was up, he felt like, man, we kind of have to run this back because we got James Harden here. We've gotten this far. And then it just didn't work out. And then now Chris Paul ends up being in in the – Last part of that, that deal that he originally signed, but this was this scenario with Houston and it backfired. And if I'm another team, I'm wondering if that would backfire again. But if I'm a Phoenix fan, I'm like, great. Just what we need when we're up two0 on the nuggets and going to try to move to the Western conference finals. Now we have to worry if this is going to be our only shot. Hmm. Interesting times in Phoenix, for sure. I mean,
6: Chris Paul is 36. I mean, how much more could Phoenix be e- expecting to get out of him? I I, I think this year was a, already a slam dunk.
0: Sure. But I think a run next year, if he just opted in and took the 44000000 million, you're like, okay, we can run it back. And then it's – I'm sure on the Phoenix side, they just think it's clean for
6: everyone. You are so fan I know Friendly. I am.
0: My <laughs> goodness! I am. Oh, that's where I come from. That's 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 who I am. I never I, I never played in the league. Never played in the association. Well, no, that makes expect? sense.
6: But but here's the reality though that we don't talk about. No one looks at the organization and says we'll just pay him the money. If we, you you like no, him, yeah. we like him. Pay him the money, and we don't have to worry about any of this because the player's going. Hey man, I I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I gotta I gotta I gotta strike while the iron's sure. hot. I gotta be ready to go. And you don't look at the organization that the Phoenix Suns could let Chris Paul walk because I'm sure they're going to be a priority on his list. You know, and I, I think that's all that you can ask for in these scenarios.
0: He's Ryan Hollins. I'm Dan Bayer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's going to be a crazy weekend. We'll take a look ahead to it next year on Fox.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
2: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it, you listen to it, I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. to start listening.
4: He's
0: Ryan Hollins, the 10-year NBA vet. I'm Dan Beyer. We are sitting in for Doug today. It is a Friday, having some fun. Let's look ahead to the weekend with our good buddy Brian Fenley, who's at the news
5: desk with the game. Game time! This is game time.
0: It's game time.
5: On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hey, Brian,
0: what's the game today? Our game is... Psychic. Okay, so Psychic Ryan. Ryan will, or Brian will give us a scenario, and you and me will have to, I don't know, just predict on whether this scenario could or couldn't happen. Simple as that.
9: Time to channel in your inner palm reader here, guys. <laughs> will uh, the Clippers climb out of that 0-2 hole and win the series against the Jazz just like L.A. did against the Mavs?
0: Hmm, what does your magic eight ball
6: tell you, Ryan Hollins? I'm going to say that they are. And the reason that I'm going to say that they are is because the Jazz hit 23-pointers. They were contested threes. You had defenders running at them, sidestep, step back. And I just know when a team hits 23s, even though that's what Utah does, it's hard to lose. So I'm going to roll with they will come back.
0: Oh, interesting. Actually, my my Magic 8-ball says uh, something similar. It says this could very well happen. I don't know if that's an option on an eight ball or not, but that's what mine says. <laughs> very. What, well do you got for, what do you got <laughs> for number two?
9: What does your hunch say about Jordan Love? Will he start week one for the
0: Packers? Hmm. I, I think so. I think Aaron Rodgers is just a different guy, and Aaron Rodgers can dig in his heels. And if Aaron Rodgers ends up coming back to the Packers, I just don't understand what all of this is for. So I think that Jordan Love ends up being the week
6: one starter when they face the Saints in New Orleans. Greatness comes with competitive edge. All the greats, their competitive edge doesn't stop on the court or on the field. It goes off. Aaron Rodgers is a competitor. Right now he's competing with the Packers, and he will not be starting week one. Hmm.
9: How about this one, guys? Will the Suns be the last team Chris Paul plays for?
0: I know we're short on time, but my Magic 8-Ball says no, not likely. I don't know where he's going to end up. You think it is?
6: You think think, that's going to be the swan song? I think this is it. I think this is it because that price tag is going to be mighty heavy. That's game, huh? Game time. This
5: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Well, if he
0: does opt out and Kawhi opts out, which we think is probably going to happen, it is going to make for a much more NBA, uh, much more interesting NBA offseason than if both of those guys opted in, because then otherwise we'd just be worrying about where DeMar DeRozan goes. He's Ryan Hollins. I'm Dan Bayer. Ryan's still high on the Clippers. I'll tell you what I think next.
7: to start listening.